listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. It has been amazingly three years since I started doing these shows, and it took me until just before we started recording to remember that. What does that say about me? What does that say about the podcast? Who knows? It's open for interpretation. Welcome to episode 113 of the Testudo Times podcast. I've done 113 of these things in three years. That's kind of nuts. Uh, somebody who's been there for probably about 80 or 90 of them. Uh, hi, Thomas. I I think you're definitely overestimating me. Um, I, I would Why probably would I say 50 or 60. You, Thomas? Why would I no, overestimate I think you? I think it's been maybe 50, and I don't even know if I was on all of them. I, I'm not going to... But the last 50 have been, you know, starting like with the 2016 football season. Since then, I've been around more often That's than That's been... So if I look back at that, AJ Francis episode that we did, that was in that season, was episode 57. So I wasn't even on that. Well, you weren't on that one, but you were on around that. So, okay, 50 to 60. It feels like 80 yeah. or 90, but it's maybe 50 or 60. But I'm giving you more credit because you're really good at this. It's okay. That was meant to be a compliment, Thomas. It's okay. Appreciate it. And uh, Jared is also here. Hi, Jared. What's going on? Uh, me remembering that I've been doing this for three years and I'm no further along in my career than I was then. And then I was a junior in college and now I'm about two years out of college. But this is not about me having very sad fortunes in a job industry that's terrible. We shouldn't talk about that. Uh, yeah, this is terrible. Depressing. Uh, well, my life is mostly depressing if you consider the sports teams I read, but no matter. Let, let's not get into that. It, this is a happy podcast, mostly. Uh, well, speaking of happiness for me... Uh, this guy who is recording this show actually tied for first in the Tessuto Times Bracket Challenge. This will never happen again. Blind squirrel finds a nut, broken clock right twice a day, whatever the hell you want to say, I tied for first. That's kind of crazy, but okay. I just wanted to get that out of the way. I didn't want to, like, gloat about it, and I'm not... I try to make sounding like winning a bracket pool depressing. You know, we do this whole thing that's like... If you win this, we'll shout you out on the podcast, and then so the I podcast guy myself. ties. So I get to shout yeah, out let's... myself. Okay, but to be well, fair, it was a tie with yeah. Doug, Full Glasses Finest. I like that name, by the way. He he and I both finished on 121 points. I think he wins because he was closer to the final score, but I had more picks right. So, what can I say? I was I was close. Now to say to say nothing of him. He had the same Final Four, and he got the final. Well, he had, he had uh, Michigan State in the Final Four, but he had the right final, and I didn't. So that's why we were where we were. But uh, thank you for participating in the Testudo Times Bracket Challenge. Hopefully next year more people will join because Maryland will be competent at basketball. Speaking of which, uh, Bruno Fernando declared for the draft last week. And, Thomas, I don't think there's really any surprise in this news, but he declared without an agent, which means we're going to go through the same song and dance we did with Justin Jackson a year ago once over. Yeah, and Melo Trimble the year before that. You're correct. So we're kind of experienced, although his third time not the charm in this case? Could be. I mean, he's he's uh, uniquely suited for the combine in a way that those other guys I don't think were. I don't um, think either of Melo Trimble or Justin Jackson had particularly fantastic combines. No, I think Fernando's just better suited for that environment. He'll test very well, and I think... You know, maybe those like kind of scrimmage type games are the t- are the kinds of games where, you know, maybe like if he if he dunks all over somebody in one of those games, he'll be the story of that day. Like, you know, it's one of those. I th- I think he has a lot to potentially gain 
uh, more than those guys did. Jackson, Jackson is, was and is still a real NBA prospect if he's healthy. We've we've been over this on this podcast. Um, Fernando is one. This podcast? No, I would never. Uh, and Fernando, I think he's one that could play himself, play his stock way, way up with a good combine. So it's not surprising at all that he's at least giving himself that opportunity. Um, I would be, you know, surprised if he doesn't, you know, make everybody wait it out the way that Jackson did and the way that Trimble did. Um, the last possible day, like the deadline's at like 6 o'clock or something, and we're waiting until 5.55. Yeah. I, I I have to be honest, Jared, and I'm not a huge NBA draft guy, but he has a great blend of athleticism and all these physical gifts, so it's going to test really well. He's going to get all the, intent, the, the numbers. He'll be great on those. But in terms of where he fits in a modern-day NBA, he's not your old-school 6'10 center, but he's still not exactly the flexible you know, guy who could play everywhere on the floor that the NBA has become, where we're becoming amorphous positions. So it's a little bit different for him than I'd say for Justin Jackson, who I thought had a chance to do better at the combat. That was just me personally thinking last year. Certainly better than Melo Trimble. But what do you think about his chances of testing so well at the combine that he would want to leave? Again, this draft is insanely deep, and the NBA has changed a lot. So the need for a 6'10 center is not what it used to be. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. I think Thomas kind of said it. He, he's a guy who, who could just go and kind of test off the charts with, you know, in, in any and every category. Um, for what it's worth, he's probably also a guy who wins what they call the underwear Olympics when they get everybody in their tight, whatever clothes. I mean, he's a huge muscular dude. Um, well, this podcast took a turn I wasn't expecting it to take. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, isn't that like what the combine had? I, com- I, I Yes, I understand. But that, that took a term that I was not expecting in the words you used. Okay, continue on, please, before it well, goes off the rails. Take that however you will. Okay. Um, and, but I mean, he's a guy who, who like, may not physically um, be ready to go, but you know, tests great and looks great doing it. And you're just like, and, and, you know, he, he gets the evaluation, you know, that they draft on potential. So he gets the evaluation that, you know, maybe he's not there right now, but they're going to, we're going to pay you millions of dollars, son, to, you know, develop yourself into an NBA superstar. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like at this point, it's probably more likely than not that he, he does sign with an agent. Um, I was surprised to hear that from you, honestly. I still think it's more likely he comes back. But that's maybe me being optimistic and me being a Maryland honk. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't don't know one way or the other, obviously. And I do think that it'll be a uh, a sweated-out-to-the-last-minute decision unless he either, like, really has a horrible combine or really has a great combine. Um if he kind of performs the way, you know, that would make sense for him to perform, I think it's kind of a a last-minute decision, um, at least publicly. So, 
We'll see. I, I'd lean towards him leaving at this point, but we'll see. I, I mean, they missed on this kid, Tariq Owens, which hopefully provides us with a nice uh, transition into that topic. Um, yeah. So they miss they miss on Owens and Bruno leaves. Like I'm gonna have to play center next year. So what? You know, no love for Josh Demayich as the center. Well, I mean, it's it would be him and and Jalen Smith. Um, Schneider, you know, Turgeon, he would play Schneider Bender at center over both of them. We don't know what he can do, so I, I don't know. The front court is scary, um, scary thin if Bruno leaves, and now that they've missed on Tariq Owens, so we'll see. There's still, there's still Trey Porter, but who knows? And who would also probably, be a power? He's probably more of a power, power forward anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to ask Thomas then two questions. We'll get to Tariq Owens briefly. Uh, my thought is it's still that because of his position, even though he's an athletic freak, he's still really raw, and another year in college could do him well. I don't think he's any older than 19. I mean, the NBA is now 18- and 19-year-olds, but I, I don't think that another year in college is going to hurt him. You know what I mean? Like, you could honestly say, because this draft is so insanely deep this year, and I'm not anywhere near knowledgeable enough to tell you who's going to be good next year, but... This draft is one of the deepest that I can remember seeing. Just the names of players down the line are insane. Maybe next year it's a thinner draft and you have a chance to really make bank if you wait a year and if he improves in college, which he could. Like next year's team figures to be, for Maryland at the very least, if he comes back, potentially really good. I've read some top 25 previews that are preposterously early, early in April, but Maryland was on a couple of them. With Bruno Fernando... He has the chance to really take another leap next year and potentially be one of the best big men in the country. Now, whether that is worth it to him, uh, if he gets a second-round grade and the potential to make money, even though he'll probably play in the G League, who knows? Uh, Thomas, it's still too early, I think, to handicap this, but where do you think this all ends up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the gist is, I don't know what his threshold is for, you know, how high does he want to be? You know, how high is he okay with, or how low is he okay with, you know, being listed to leave after one year because I'll probably have more on this later, but the, the gist is you really don't want to leave if you are not ready to be an NBA impact player. And is you, Bruno Fernando yeah. necessarily an NBA impact player I don't think next he is year? Right I don't think so. Next year, probably. But right now, like right now for the following NBA season, I don't think so. Um, for 18, 19, another year in college, 19, 20, another year. Yeah. He's not staying in yeah. Maryland more than one more year. It is so much easier to break in if you'd have that next year of developing your game in college than if you do at the pro level. There like are in the so G League. few opportunities in the pros, and you could be thrust into a terrible even if you're Even if he's a year older. And it, I mean, it's just that weird thing about it. Like, I remember Tyus Jones, he was drafted, he was picked 20th. And he has, he's in his third year in the NBA now, and he's still like a backup point guard. And, you know, finally getting actual rotation minutes in his third year. Like, there's so many guys like that. And he was picked 20th. And of course you leave when you're picked 20th, and especially at Duke. Um, the Ringer actually had a piece about this today, was um, about Trevon Duval and Gary Trent, who really didn't improve their draft stock at Duke because that team was built around Bagley and Carter. And 
it didn't it didn't really fit their skill sets, and so they didn't really help their draft stock at all. But Duke is bringing in such an incredible class next year that these guys would be chopped liver, and so they have to go pro. It's so interesting when I think about the development model in the NBA being just so broken, not just with college, but they want to make the G League a thing, and it's not really a thing yet. And I mean, as baseball fans, we're all in love with prospects, right? And certainly as a hockey fan, I, I think about the hockey development model and think it's infinitely better, as broken as it is, compared to the NBA's development model, but that's neither here nor there. I think for me the upshot is that Fernando still has a lot to gain, and probably he gains more of it not on an NBA bench or in some G League team in a city you've never heard of, as opposed that's to my, That's Maryland. my take as well. That's my take as well. Um, like, I don't is he know going if... to be better next year as a starting forward for the Orlando's G League affiliate, the Lakeland Magic, or for a potential Big Ten contender in Maryland? See, or, I mean, the whole thing is, if he plays himself into a spot where an NBA team thinks he can be a rotation player next year, then of course you leave. Well, yeah, but I again, how many NBA teams? He's not exactly, you know... Trey Young or Marvin Bagley. He's a very different prospect than Marvin Bagley. That's all that we're, that we're saying. So if you had to ask me now, I think he might be leaning to come back, or at least that would be my guess, but I have no idea. Again, with these things, this is more up in the air than Jackson and Trimble were, at least as far as I can remember. But if Bruno Fernando does leave, as we mentioned before, thank you, Jared, for the segue that I kind of totally ignored, but I'm bringing it back up again. Uh, their Bruno Fernando insurance is now going to Texas Tech. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow, you both said that at the same time. Who sorry, wants to talk about that, this more? Who is that for? It's for both of you, but I'll let Thomas go first. And yeah, after, then you can chime in, Jared. No problem. Yeah, I mean, Owens was... Well, you, you got to say something. You know? Oh, I know, it's I like, know, I know. I like these kind of um, moments that gives the podcast some flavor and some humanity as opposed to just me talking. Anyway, please continue. Um, so, so speaking of humanity, uh, Tariq Owens, um, not that that did anything, but the, so anyway, so he was, yeah, a top target for Maryland. Maryland was pretty quickly the favorite for him because he's from the area. Uh, he played high school basketball with Lamar. Um, which is a fun little fact. I did not know that. Well, Lamar was basically like a scout team player for that team. He ex- he explains to me. But Okay, but he was still on the same team. It counts. Yeah. The, his recruiting connections with Tariq Owens did not help, unfortunately. Did not did not help uh, Maryland in this case. Um, ultimately, I, th- I think it's just that Texas Tech is, you know, it just happened to be the perfect storm for him. Um, it's a team coming off an elite eight appearance versus a team that didn't make the tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a team, a, a team coming off an elite eight appearance that absolutely needed someone with his skill set at his position. Maryland and, could, but they might not know about that until May. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maryland definitely needed someone like him. He maybe wouldn't have a guaranteed starting role because Fernando's still up in the air. I mean, and I don't think that would have even deterred him, even if it didn't, because if he was one of their best players, he would have played. Um, but I think Texas Tech just ended up being a really great fit for him, and it definitely helped that they made the Elite Eight a couple weeks ago. So, Ah, uh, yeah. Injuries, man. Injuries. Jared? 
Um, it seems like what this may have come down to was a, and I'm just checking up on this real quick, um, before I say something that makes no sense. Yeah, there it uh, is. Uh, Jared, I've been hosting the show for 113 episodes. This podcast has very rarely made sense. It's okay. No, I'm, I'm just making sure that my, um, my inkling is at least based in, in fact. Um, what inkling might that be? So, Al Pinkins is an assistant coach at ten uh, at Texas Tech right now, um, and when Tariq Owens initially committed to Tennessee in 2014, um, he was the lead recruiter, I believe, um, from looking at his recruiting profile on the internet um so this was this seems like it was just one of those things where he had a uh, he committed um to tennessee in 2014 because of this coach who was an assistant at tennessee and now he's back on the recruiting market and this coach is at texas tech and there's a prior relationship and I know it's kind of the same way some things work out for Maryland football recently um, with Durkin being all over the place and some other coaches were assistants elsewhere. Mm. Um, and Maryland ended up getting some transfers that way. Um, this may be one of those situations if we're connecting some some dots here. I think that's a reasonable explanation. There's nothing wrong with it. And that would be stronger than a poll to come play at home, I guess. I've seen worse reasons for recruits to go to a school even as grad transfer. Well, I think that was the reason that he visited because he was – my understanding is that's the reason he even visited Texas Tech was because of that connection. And yeah. then the whole Texas Tech staff just knocked it out of the park uh, when he got there. It would be tough. Because not... he was apparently very high on Maryland after visiting Maryland. So is everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, not, not... People are down on Maryland when you come see this school. I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's been a huge theme over the last year, year plus. Um, oh, make, with that Maryland six years, sir. make that six years with every single recruiting thing I've ever seen with Maryland in every sport. They're yeah, but what I'll, some school does somehow just a little bit better. What I'll say specifically, though, is that Maryland has gotten some of those guys um, it felt like e- even with a three-man class, that's that's a top, you know, a top-ranked class. Um, it, it seems like Maryland basketball missed on a bunch of highly ranked prospects um, in the last year. You know, even with a five-star in, in sticks and you know two more than capable top seventy or top eighty players in their own right in Wiggins and Ayala. I think there are more uh, that they missed on than they got. I mean, well, this is just me going yeah, back. Yeah, that's just how recruiting works. Well, but, but, yeah, well, there are a lot of guys this cycle that I think were very highly had, rated. Even if everyone had stayed, this was going to be a cycle in which Maryland was going to have to replenish the ranks anyway. Like, last year they had two recruits. This year they were always going to have more, even if players didn't leave. And when they left, they suddenly have more holes. And this allows me, Thomas, to tie in briefly before we get into other sports – uh, 
Do we have any idea what Maryland's backup plans are? Because they are a good staff that runs the ship at Xfinity Center. They would have backup plans. What do you think they might be? Well, I mentioned Trey Porter at least once here. I think he's plan B. Um, I don't know about plan C yet. Um, and I don't know how far we have to go before we get um, Plankton's evil plan Z. Ooh. But... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that reference. I'm very okay with that reference. Very good. Oh, it's good for the SpongeBob reference for sure. Sorry oh, if you early, don't get it. Early, early SpongeBob references. It's lemon-scented. Yeah, early SpongeBob um, references are totally fine, but well, that was the movie, which well, is an incredible movie. Uh, well, incredible in some senses. But by the way, uh, if we're gonna go for a SpongeBob reference, Patrick SpongeBob comes in. I'm Texas, or it's I'm stupid. What's the difference? Or I forgot how that joke went, but I just butchered it. But that's a thing that I remember. Anyway, congratulations. Yeah, I butchered Damn. that joke completely. It's okay, and I'll leave it in because I have no shame. Anyway, finish your thought, please. Plan yeah, no, I, I just don't really know beyond that as far as as far as big man. I don't know past Trey Porter. Um, I haven't been able to look into who else they're definitely connected to. I don't. No one else has visited. Um, they still have about a month and a half before that has to really ramp up, or they have. To yeah, I mean, and and even then, they still have gotten guys randomly in the summer before, or at least made runs at guys randomly in the summer. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. They often hit on recruits like this, even with grad transfers. They've been a place where grad transfers have gone. But maybe, I don't know, maybe the fact that recent grad transfers haven't exactly stuck at Maryland and performed particularly well, maybe that's something. Who knows? I'm, I'm grasping at straws here to find an explanation for something that is probably... Well, I mean, most, most grad transfers aren't going to be, like, star players. You know, I think a lot of people... Unless you're Andrew Dawkins, are... apparently... Yeah, I mean, everyone is comparing LG Gill and Sean Obi to um, Rashid Suleiman. And Rashad Pack. Yeah, I mean, even he was, you know, a, yeah. But, I mean, I remember Suleiman as, like, he was kind of the almost emotional leader of that team is how I remember it. And Well, he was. You're correct. Yeah. And you don't usually get pieces like that on the grad transfer market. They're usually guys so. that help you get over the top, not ones that make your team. And let's be fair, Tariq Owens would have helped make this team better if, of course, if Bruno Fernando came back. But again, there's so much more to say about this. And of course, you will be keeping up to date with it all here on the Testudo Times podcast and on the website when there is more information. Let's talk about happier sports things. Uh, Maryland's number one in men's lacrosse again. Because not only did they beat Penn State, which is a great thing, as I watched the Paterno movie before I started recording the show, uh, but UMBC, once again, doing solid for the state of Maryland, beating number one Albany, allowing the Terps to uh, get back to being number one. That's hilarious. And I have to thank uh, Kevin Blackstone on Around the Horn, which I was watching today, to mention that before I realized, oh, wow, that actually did happen. Yeah, um, half an asterisk on that is that Albany didn't have Connor Fields, but well, also UMBC didn't have a couple of its better attackers. They is didn't have what's my understanding? Josh Mora? Didn't have Jairus Lyles. Didn't have the UMBC Twitter account either. They did, though. Well, not in the same way. That's also fair. No, my favorite is after they did that, uh, the, that Twitter tweeted at Alabama football and was just like, sup? <laughs> that, that, that Twitter and, is just great. At yeah, and Alabama's responded like, hey, guys, how's it going? 
They just said, oh, we we wanted to say hi. That's, they that's don't funny. have a football team, so. Well, they should get one because they could beat number one now. You, you wouldn't put it past them. Um, but, yeah, so Maryland is number one in men's lacrosse. They host Rutgers this weekend, who's number eight. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Not this again. Uh, and, yeah, Penn State, you know, they, they were in a close one with Penn State. We're losing in this game for, I think, five to seven times as much as they had been trailing all season. But they still, like, they were trailing for 36 minutes, and I think they had trailed for five minutes all year. And well, you're um, not going to win every minute of every game. No, but I mean, even then, like that was a couple one nothings and the end of the Albany game. Yep. So I mean, this is when you win these games, it's a good experience. And it seems to be a good experience for them. Yeah. I have no idea how it happened because my Maryland lacrosse watching is lacking. Maybe because I'm still horrified from two years ago. But, uh, hey, they're number they, one in the country. Yeah, and, and women's lacrosse uh, is killing everyone still. So. Well, are we surprised by that? No, Your Honor. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not surprised that they destroy basically everybody at everything that they do. They are the death star of women's lacrosse. We always wonder if Maryland would be great at some of the It's weird things. because the, the death star of women's lacrosse is currently ranked number three. True. Because there's yeah, because there's they, I mean they've lost once and there's two teams that are undefeated, and like fine, one of those teams still, one of those teams has like two of them? the best players. I wouldn't. I don't think it, it's interesting. The one maybe is like Stony Brook because Stony Brook is ranked number one and is hosting the Final Four this year. Mm-hmm. So if you get a Maryland and Stony Brook final, which is like obviously jumping way farther than anyone should, and that's why we're media members and not coaches. Mm-hmm. players but uh yeah i mean that that's the one team i think that will be the hardest hurdle to get over for maryland this year but maybe they'll like as you talked about in the recent podcast being disrespected and people thinking they're underdogs and then they come out and win by 10 because that's what they do yeah i mean i was at the i was filling in at the james madison game and you know jmu was ranked ahead of them and maryland won that game by three and was up by like five or six at a couple points and was like very clearly the way better team. And maybe in that sense, because you were saying they weren't winning by 10, they didn't get out of like second year. Who knows? Well, that's just Maryland women's lacrosse. Jared, uh, what, what, what do you have to say about lacrosse being as good as it always is? I say when it comes to lacrosse, nobody messed with Maryland ever. Um, Except in national championship games or big games up until last year in men's lacrosse, that is. Well, yeah, but I feel like that may have been kind of a uh, an opening of the floodgates, so to speak, um, where like finally, after all these years, they they figured one out, um, and now there's not the pressure of like, hey, we've never done this for x many years and counting now, and they can just you know eliminate that thought and just go play the game and try to win the game you know, for what it is. Um, so I don't know as much as I enjoy watching lacrosse and it's fun to watch a Maryland team win just all the time. Um, for me, this, I think I've said this before on the podcast, the season doesn't even really start until like whatever the, 
No the weekend. Way. The yeah, like the middle of May, basically like the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament for both for both men's and women's, really. Um, what you don't get your blood pumping when Maryland's playing number eight Rutgers? No, I mean, look, it's fun, and I think it's cool in lacrosse that that Maryland, both men and women, play, um, play like like the top ranked teams as a top ranked team um, all the time. You know, I think that's fun that that the schedules are are competitive like that. Um, but no, to be honest with you, it, I really, I mean, Maryland men's, um, versus Hopkins, that's always fun. Um, but that other than your, that, that whole comment like, was a dig at Rutgers. It wasn't saying anything about Maryland. It was just me making fun of Rutgers again. Cause that's always good to do. Right. Oh yeah. I don't have anything to say, anything good to say about Rutgers. If we're being honest, um, exist. so yeah, they're they're on the planet, so that that's fine. And they're uh, a bu- and they're a bus ride away from College Park on a good day. Right, that's about it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't really get too too uh, emotionally invested. I guess I'll say in lacrosse until uh, until much later in the season. That's absolutely true. It's the same with most of us. Uh, Con- uh, oh, Connor, what the hell am I talking about? Thinking of Connor Kelly because he's amazing. Uh, how about Thomas? Uh, baseball and softball, where are we at there? Bad, Your Honor. Oh, that that's not good. I can um, confirm. You can confirm. Yeah, well, I'm glad we so, have two sources so we can publish it. So, see, what had happened was uh, Maryland softball had won five games in a row, and then they went up to Illinois, who is good, and they lost three games by a combined score of 38-3, to three, and then went back home oh well that's not good and baseball lost two or three to illinois so they won a game oh so that i don't know so how good illinois so that's is better. in this sport so that's better not much better but i have no idea I think how good in, illinois is in this sport so so that illinois team had like some you know a lot of people's mid-season national player of the year um so in both sports right now illinois is actually you know, toward the top of the Big Ten, I believe. That's um, good for the conference that they're the top of the Big Ten in something. Yeah, yeah. No, Illinois is always, like, weird because it's not surprising when they're good at things, but they're just not good at a ton of things. Did you see their new right football now. uniforms, which look like Syracuse's hand-me-downs? Or maybe it's the reverse. I don't know. They look like the Durham Bulls still. Uh, it was a lot of orange. Yeah. They, 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 it looks like Syracuse, but I mean, to look be like fair, the Denver Broncos hallucination uniforms. Uh, it's quite possible that that was the case too. Okay. Not exactly the orange crush, but uh, well, I, I have no idea how good Illinois is at baseball and softball. But if baseball has a midseason player of the year pick, then I guess they might be decently good. But then again, the Angels have never been really. good. Illinois also trounces the rest of the conference in conference in golf. For whatever that's in worth. Golf, and you would know this. I would. I, I'm I'm totally okay with that, but yeah, I don't know. I I I would say that I follow a couple of sports very closely, and others a couple bits closer than others, and then the rest I just like, oh, they play those sports. Well, I'm sorry, I should pay attention. Speaking more to of which, speaking of which, uh, Maryland gymnastics uh, was the last team in the field at the Raleigh Regional. Mm-hmm. this weekend and finished fourth which means they outscored two teams that were better than them throughout the season 
Oh, um, okay. That's good. So basically, it's if you look at it that way, it's two upset wins. Um, and so, I mean, their season's over, but it's a very successful year, and that's actually apparently their highest postseason score in history. It was oh, like just okay. just under 196. I have no idea in, what that means. In gymnastics, uh, I think it's out of 200, but like basically 196 is way better than 195, which is way better than 194 is kind of how that works. Okay. Um, Thank you for this gymnastics explanation, and I'll be sure to remember I will, this for the 2020 Summer Olympics. We will have actually a lot more about this soon because I'm actually going to talk to Coach Nelligan oh, in a couple go. days. There you go. Stay tuned so, for gymnastics stay tuned. on Testudo Times. That'll be good. Uh, what else is going on in Maryland athletics? Oh, yes. The tennis most team is all right. The what team is all right? Tennis? Yeah, that's good. Tennis. Okay, good. I like tennis. Yeah, the uh, they had two pretty uh, pretty solid wins. They're trying to fight their way into the Big Ten tournament, and they had two solid wins, one upset over Nebraska this past weekend. Oh, hey, that, that, Nebraska plays tennis. That's news to me. Uh, yeah. There is one other thing we should talk about, and uh, Thomas – is it, it, oh, is it, oh it's not the... esports. I forgot about esports. Oh, esports. Maryland, yeah, that's uh, just yeah. Today, as we're recording this, um, just won the Big Ten League of Legends title for the I'm second not straight surpri- year. I'm not surprised. Okay. I am not surprised at all. Beat Illinois in the final, so Illinois back at the top of the conference. Why the why the hell did Illinois and Maryland and the Big Ten esports? Okay. I mean, there's not much to do in College Park, and I presume there's even less to do in Champaign, but I've never been there, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, but thank you. We're going to have to have a dedicated esports rider on this uh, site at some point. Was it Fortnite? Not, not. Fortnite. Yeah. Was it competitive Fortnite, actually? I thought, I meant that as a joke. There well, should, this was well, League of Legends. Oh, this okay, was well, League of Legends. Um, I'm not surprised. I'll, I'll also Legends. see if we can get Volk back for this. Oh, I, we definitely need to. We absolutely have that's, to. That's really the only. That's, the, that's the only answer, though. Like True. we're not going to get someone else. It's either Volk or we're just going to wing it. Pretend it's not a sport. No, no, no. I, I'm okay with calling it a sport because people invest their lives into this, and as long as you're investing your livelihood into something, and you could still get injuries from it, which you can by playing esports, it's a sport, as far as I'm concerned. So I'll, I'll give it that. And I also probably just don't want to get hounded on Twitter by people who like esports. I, it's not my thing. It's okay. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll have competitive Fortnite at some point. We'll have a Testudo Times writer dedicated to that at some point. Because Fortnite's everywhere now for reasons that I don't quite understand. Anyway, there is one more thing that is happening. And it is this coming Saturday. And I have to be honest, I forgot about it entirely. But it's okay. Because I don't know how many of us actually remembered that Maryland spring game is on Saturday. It's going to be nice. It's going to be 80 degrees. Really? I can't imagine yeah. it being any warmer than 50 at any point in recent times. Yeah, well, it, it's weird. <laughs> but uh, no, it's weird. Good. They, put the, they put the spring game on a nice day this year, which is like sounds wrong. But well, I, maybe well, people will show maybe, up as a result. Well, maybe it'll be an optimistic sign as opposed to putting the spring day on days when it's like 40 degrees and raining giving us an indication of how bad the football season is going to be. Maybe putting it on the 80-degree and sunny day will mean that the football team might actually do semi-decently. My column. Yes, exactly. Uh, any, is there I'm anything sweet. about the spring game that we have to talk about? Because I don't know what's going on in the spring game, considering Maryland's two quarterbacks are still not healthy. 
Well, so that's what I was going to say. It's it's going to be kind of weird that, like, this is the spring game and it's our first taste of what this year's team is sort of kind of going to look like, but also it's going to be maybe nothing what this year's team is going to look like. No, because... no, 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 Jared, it will be what this team looks like because you know the Marion Green Maryland quarterback hating God will spite us again and Max Bortenschlager will be playing again at some point. Well, let's say no offense to him, but I really hope that doesn't happen. I assume um, he's a great guy, but he's been the butt of too many jokes on this podcast, and I feel sorry about that. It's not even necessarily a dig at him. It's just let's twist it to be like that would mean that two other guys would have had to get hurt and have their seasons ended again. I'm sick like, of I don't, having that happen. I don't think anyone wants that happen to anyone. No. So, so, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I, think it hasn't really happened to anyone twice, to though, has it? Running game. Um, it'll be fun to watch the defense um, and some of the new additions there. But the offense will look kind of weird without two, two potential starting quarterbacks. So we'll take everything with a grain of salt, and hopefully everybody gets out healthy and we're all entertained for two hours or whatever and people have good quotes when we're done. Thomas, I have no idea whether uh, somebody has had torn ACLs in back-to-back years. I, In my six years, I can't remember it happening, but I wouldn't be surprised if it had. Uh, there's only one part of this team that I'm interested in, I think, just positionally. Uh, most of it is still so much to be determined, but wide receiver. I, Besides, I think, Tavon Jacobs, I don't know who has Maryland uh, on their roster in terms of wide receivers, so maybe that'll be interesting. They have a million running backs, but I don't know how many receivers they actually have. So there is a um, spring game hero, DJ Turner. Um, well, it's better to be the hero of something than first. nothing. He was yeah. so good last year. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking they have Jaquil Vey still. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Um, Not anymore. They still have Jarvis Davenport. Um this was actually a spot where Taj Capehart was going to step in, but he's out with a 20 CL. So oh, that's, that's surprise, not a thing. surprise. Yeah. Um, my favorite is when one of the, you know, one of the more common football injuries happens to like two quarterbacks and one wide receiver in, you know, a span. Everyone's like, it's this big problem with a program. Well, it that's is my favorite. It is because it keeps <laughs> happening. See, see, Thomas, it's I'll a pretty – It's as far as football injuries go, it's common. But it's happened to so many quarterbacks, it's crazy. Well, that's why we say angry Maryland quarterback hating God. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, it happens to wide receivers too. It happens to every kind of football player yeah. that there is. But for Maryland, it seems to happen at very specific positions at very inopportune times. Correct. Uh, hopefully no one gets injured on Saturday. But, but so then the – I mean, the next wave is guys like, you know, they, they brought in – I think five receivers in 2017. Um, yep. Four of them are four of them are st- still healthy, I believe. Oh, that's yeah. good. Um, and then they, how many of the 2018 guys are early, Jared? I'm like, um, I feel like there's got to be one. It's Jay Sean Jones is the only yep. early kid. Um, yep, and a lot of a lot of people are really high on him. At receiver, yeah, I, I overheard. Um, a person who will remain nameless telling a recruit Sources. that 
Yeah. Um, no, it was really funny how they had us at spring practice. They had um, at Cole Fieldhouse up on the concourse, there were just a whole bunch of recruits there. And so naturally, I just went and stood like in the middle of everybody. <laughs> That's great journalism right there. I was like, I'm just going to stand here until I hear something. Right, I'm just going to stand right here and take some mental notes. Don't mind don't mind the skinny white guy in, in the months of all this recruiting madness. I'm not yeah. here for anything other than just to stand and admire Cole Fieldhouse. I was I was just watching practice with it. I was having like a casual conversation with people, which maybe I should or shouldn't have done. No, um, you're a journalist. You can have casual conversations with anybody and couch no, journalism. Yeah, no one said don't, so I did. Um and you're someone, not publishing anything and you're not saying who exactly these people are. Exactly. So um Honestly, I didn't know who some of them were anyway, so whatever. Um, Even better. But, um, yes, one of the uh, – some some person in the program was telling uh, a recruit that that Jay Sean Jones might be the next DJ Moore to come out of Maryland. Um, it's not a bad comparison. So, so I mean, look, that's, that's a whole lot of uh, pressure maybe to look up to i don't know but i think it's praise considering if you're a Maryland wide receiver so. that gets to where they get to considering what has happened with this program with quarterbacks in recent years that's praise yeah i mean definitely and i think that it'll be very interesting to see um how how the next wave of maryland receivers um performs because really what what maryland has now like you said is Tavon jacobs um, and guys, and then, and then guys that have been here at Maryland for a couple years to a few years in Jarvis Davenport and DJ Turner. Um, and then it's like redshirt freshmen and Jared Goldstein, basically, and re- and regular freshmen. Like it's there's there is and then a random lot. Ray Lewis's kid. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ray Lewis's kid, who's also playing some corner, but like, yeah, with, he was only out, back last week when I was there. With Capehart out, I imagine he'll most likely be a receiver this season. Mm. Well, I, uh, Maryland has had a history of converting wide receivers to corners, so why not? Yeah, I don't know. I'm still holding out hope that at some point, like Tino Ellis, just like catches a touchdown pass for whatever reason. They're just like, oh yeah, go play offense for a series. Pick six, pick six, sir. Yeah, I mean that's what it's that's what the more likely situation is. But he was electric in high school, and I hope there's some random package at some point where they're like, just trying to confuse the defense, and they're like, Maryland who the heck? Has is this? Six running backs, so I think they're going to confuse the defense with six running backs and no receivers. It's going to be the Look, first six running was, back, no wide receiver offense. There was a formation I was charting some plays. Um, at practice and there was some formation they ran out there with like three running backs um but like only one of them was in the backfield and it was really it would almost look like they were going to run some triple option type stuff they didn't um but it was it was very very confusing and there were tight ends all over the place i mean it, it was really cool um and we're definitely going to see some some crazy formations and motions and shifts going on um, as as the season goes along. Hopefully, we'll get um, some fun stuff in the spring game, and and we'll get to write about it. 
I would hope so, too. Well, also, we have to be honest. If you're not already involved in Maryland football in some way, the best way to get people to watch is by running offense that makes no sense. And when oh, you tell people, sure. when you tell people, here's Matt Canada running an offense that makes no sense, college football fans will be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll watch that for 10 minutes. And that's good yeah, for I mean, me. It's hard, it's hard to look away. I've watched – I mean, I did the one – like film breakdown in an article, but I, I watched a whole bunch of games um, at NC State and LSU and Pitt, and like it's it's hard. It's like it's almost captivating. It's like mesmerizing. It's hard to look away if you really. I mean, I really just love football, and I love two years ago that the game when Pitt scored like seventy two and Syracuse scored fifty nine. What year was uh, that? Was that two years ago? It might have been. That was definitely a game that happened. Um, yes, it was. And, and an yeah. offensive lineman scored a touchdown in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. was awarded because of it, yes. I don't remember what year it yeah, was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the year that Canada was on offense. Yeah, it was definitely. I think it was two years ago um, because he was at Pitt, and then he did one year at LSU, and now he's at Maryland. Yes, so. that game was 2016. Pitt won 76-61. to Yeah, yep. that was definitely, yeah. Okay, so I I would just watch tape of that because I would assume that would be very interesting. But look, uh, if people are healthy, Maryland is going to score points. It's going to be up to the defense um, to not give up points. Um, uh, and, I, and their I think schedule that, is only slightly evil this year. So I think why well, I think the the offense will help the defense in that respect. In that you know it probably won't go three and out five times a game um oh, and it'll it give like defense... i'm sorry it felt like 10 most games <laughs> it'll it'll give the defense some time to to rest hopefully and maybe play a couple series from ahead or tied instead of behind immediately i would hope so but it's maryland so who the heck knows anyway uh hopefully you enjoyed this show where we turned very little to actually talk about into discussions on football games involving pit Alex Kirshner, be proud of us, man. Be proud. We're doing you proud here, bud. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will be back with a show in about, well, 10 or something days' time, whenever there's news, seemingly when this happens. And until then, of course, go Terps.